Hello. Welcome to the next episode, the current episode, the most recent episode of Strange Lunch. Today I've got my little cup of coffee. I've got my cup of water because I don't drink one without the other. Coffee dehydrates you. You probably shouldn't be drinking so much caffeine. I'm, I drink a little bit now. I'm not trying to drink too much. Today I just want to get a uh, litty. Um... <laughs> This episode is brought to you by the amazing, astounding, fantastic, awe-inspiring um, Cyberloft 2. Cyberloft 2 is an event brought to you by Ace Vizzle, Godfather, Pizza Lord, um, Ace, if that's how you guys know him. Uh, the significance of this event is that it's been done through... A lot of trials and tribulations to a point where like so many doors were closed for this individual while he was out knocking that he learned to just and just decided and got the wherewithal to execute on his own and he has become a greater person for it and I think that um, these experiences are meant you know when when people close doors on you and 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 you are meant to figure out how to create your own that's a special individual there and that's why we have ace so um i would say pull up to cyberloft if you weren't planning to do it if you were looking for a reason to pull up last minute this is it right here um tomorrow night saturday april 6 12 a.m so cyberloft this episode of strange lunch is a solo episode um some things fell through where i couldn't like get a guest on so i'm like oh let me just go balls to the walls i got plenty to say i i mean posting um videos of of conversations that i've had with other people last week's bagheer the week before that ace the week before that ace um you know podcasting is my favorite thing to do and i guess when i do solo podcast i'm able to run my mouth and listen to myself talk. And that, in turn, allows me to be a greater listener of other people. Shout out to Christina, a.k.a. Miss Steele, who on Twitter posed that, where it's like, if, you are active if you're an active listener, you're not thinking about what to say next. You know, if you're actively listening to someone, you're not thinking about what to say next. And I, what I wanted to add, which I have in my drafts and my tweets, I'm going to send that over to her later, is um, that that's exactly why I think that when you're having a conversation with a person, like the best sign that you've been listening to that person is either your ability to repeat what they said to show, confirm that you understood or to develop a really good question. You know, I think questions show that you are understanding and like a really good question. A really good question, I would I would imagine would like the emotions that would spur on the other person would be like, oh, this person not only understands what I said, but is able to develop a high quality question in response to what I said. That means that they took in the information and came up with that question on the fly. So... That's why I'm just like, yeah, active listening and asking questions. And active listening is also very good, very important um, principle for negotiation as per the book, Negotiate 
as if your life depended on it. Uh, a book that I'm a huge proponent for in my community. I, if, if, if you're an active member of the Kale Dad Strange Lunch community, you know that I talk about this book with no ends. I started off January 2019 um, reading that book. I still haven't read it back to front, but I definitely got far into the book and then downloaded um, a study guide for it where it just condensed the principles because I like to give myself a time limit whenever I'm reading something. So if like, oh, if I can't get this done within two weeks, I drop it so I can pick up something else to do because I know that I have to do other things. So deadlines are important. You know, you need to know when to dead something. And usually I have a response when I'm deading something where it's like, okay, if I know I'm not going to finish it, what I'm going to do is I'm going to condense the principles and write it down and take that with me, you know, and when I have enough time, leisure time, I'll go finish the book and go pick up the the other gems that I haven't assimilated yet. Word. So, this podcast, I wanted to speak about, I want to take some time to speak about excuses. And um, it's because recently, you know, I had an experience and even a little bit of tension with the people around me because as of late, I've been flushing out my own internal excuse, excuses. And what I would say is, is that sometimes when you're making a change, not only are people going to be resistant to it because it makes them uncomfortable because you're changing the way that you're interacting with the world, but you're also going to um, come across as a little different and maybe you might start to express yourself, especially if it's... Um, if it's bound on harder principles that raise the standard and expectations of your life. So I would say a person might want to be very understanding and compassionate with themselves and with others when you start to implement some new things into your life and it makes you go a little harder and then the people around you need to like tolerate that. So, so um, give thanks to the people that are able to sustain that change in attitude. So what I'm referring to is like no excuses, right? So then when I hear excuses, I'm like a little bit less, it seems a little empathetic, like a little less empathy or a little less compassionate because when you first implement a rule within yourself, you're being a little bit more of a militant person with yourself. So like, no, those are not, ex like if say like you're trying to get excuses out of your life, like no, no excuses. They're, and the reason why you don't want excuses is, let me just define that first. Um, excuses seem to only really massage the ego, you know, like, oh, I didn't do this because, you know, and it's a very fine line between self-assessment and figuring out what didn't work and the coddling of yourself based on like your ego or whatever, you know. That's what I'm starting to learn about excuses through the state commitment, committed um, hashtag, through the whiteboards that I've been putting together, you know. I'm starting to figure out that like sometimes the excuses that you make are only to make you feel better about the failures that you've done. And I'm, I'm trying to like now be very, very strict and listening very carefully when I'm doing one and not the other. 
you know like one is a self-assessment like i failed i accept myself i am compassionate and i'm giving myself full love like moving forward i'm not going to beat myself up over this but this is what didn't work and i'm moving forward versus oh this is why it didn't work and and i'm going to make like i should feel okay like oh i'm okay about that like no you know like so like there's a fine line between those two things you know because one requires self-assessment and it means that you are refining yourself and you're you, you you've got like a your eye on actual change and the other one is like almost sustaining a status quo and i would say like um some kind of like toxic or like a cycle with one with yourself that keeps you exactly where you are you know, and they both can sound very alike. I should research what the difference between a self-assessment and an excuse is, you know. But I am trying to not put that extra excuse when I'm admitting to myself that I didn't get something done. You know, I'm, I'm going to acknowledge that I didn't get something dumb, done, forgive myself completely, and move forward with the idea that I'm going to follow through with integrity on everything that I am trying to do, you know. And that's where we are, you know, and, we, and we're going to continue to push the agenda forward. Ah, so that's my talk for excuses. You know, yeah, so, you know, when you're implementing things like that, you're going to find yourself expressing it outwardly because you're going to start noticing when other people around you are like that and you don't want to subscribe because everything is media in the sense that we are infectious to one another. We are consuming one another's energy. So having good boundaries is also kind of like doing a, a compassionate filter of what's going on and around you. So it's like, oh, I don't see an excuse in this situation. I, you know, like you could come off a little bit more militant and tyrant to other people when you're sounding like that to yourself. And I would say like, hopefully it doesn't cause too much of a friction, but understand that, you know, People are doing whatever they want to do. You know, people are doing their thing. And although you want to uphold the standard within your own life, understand that that's your standard. And it's good to have it, you know. When communicating it to others, though, use your ability to communicate properly, you know. Because it, it, it can come off as rough, you know. It's like the person that used to be com completely... Like, I like using the extreme of, like, sex, but, like, a sex-driven person that that's all they want to do every weekend. Hey, let's go and, and get some girls or whatever, da 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 da, da right? Um, when you finally are over with the game and you want to, like, stop, but then your friends are continuing going, you, you begin with the judgment. Like, oh, look at them doing this and doing all this frivolous, pointless stuff, you know? And it seems as if, though, you have to go through that process before you find that middle ground where you go, okay, they're doing what they want to do. I was once that, but now my focus and principles are over here. And, you know, you can always stand on your point of view without imposing it on others, but understand that everybody's in their own process of discovery. So that's something that I went through this week. Another thing that I went through this week is um, I fasted on Thursday, and I think I'm going to start making Thursdays my fast day, which... There's a lot of, like, synchronicity that happens to it. It was pointed out to me by Godfather Ace. Um, I called him up and told him what happened. So, essentially, yesterday, I woke up in the morning, and I usually eat eggs and vegetables for breakfast. 
I already have a no bread during the week until Sunday. Sundays I get to have my bread and I get to eat whatever I want. Um, so the only options in my household, because the dishes were not done, and in the morning I had to like rush, I'm like, damn, the only option is a sandwich. And I was like, I'm not eating bread. So instead of eating the sandwich, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I might as well go on a fast because I didn't want to wash dishes and cook because I was on a time constraint. I'm not going to lie to you. I decided like, fuck it, I'm fasting, which is really, really funny because one, if you guys follow the media, if you're within the sphere, if you're within the in group that understands Kale Dad and, and affiliates, um, we going fast, boy. So that's funny. Fasting, we're going fast. And... Um, you know that on Thursdays we do stay committed. So fasting and staying committed are two like things that work really well together. And it was just by creative chance that by jokingly saying, I guess I'm on a fast today because I don't want to wash the dishes, I created another thing that I think would be amazing for stay committed. So for hashtag stay committed, every Thursday you're going to know that I'm going on a fast. When I say that, I just mean I'm just drinking water for 24 hours until the next day. Um, or till like maybe if I don't, if my last meal on Wednesday is going to be like around 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, that's when I'll break the fast the next prior day. And it's not for any health reasons or anything, even though there's loads of health reasons to go on a fast. I'm doing it more because of the discipline and self-reflection. The entire day yesterday I spent in discipline and self-reflection. I used to fast back in high school, not high school, college. I used to fast a lot and kind of like experience that. So doing it now that I'm a little older, I'm not, you know, as opposed, like I'm not as resistant to it. Um, one thing that you realize when you go on a fast and you become more accustomed to it and you becomes regular, you realize what your body's really capable of. I can imagine that there's a lot of people in America right now that don't know what it's like to go without your patterned meal, you know, and that's not a normal situation for human beings, you know. This is the one of the first times that we live in right now that you have food on demand, not for everybody, I'm not saying for everybody, but if you really think about the world we're living in right now, the United States, you have an option to eat something under $5 every single day. It's not, I'm not saying it's the best thing that you can get for $5, but you can get a pretty decent meal for $5. You can eat, you can buy a bacon, egg, and cheese, eat half of it now, ration it out for the rest of the day. But one thing that I think that Americans do not realize is that you can go an entire day without eating and you could be essentially okay. You know, if you, especially if you do it intentionally. You know, not just not for everybody. Again, there's a lot of nuance to this conversation, but I am bringing it forward. So that's what happened on Thursday. And um, I thought that was pretty interesting. And I would like to have shared that. Um, so we, I just want to. Oh, and on Sunday. So now this is the third topic for today. Um, on Sunday, I went to church. I went to my Catholic church for the first time in years. Um, right now I've been very active with my spirituality and my thinking on terms of spirituality because of the book, The Artist Way, A Spiritual uh, Path to Higher Creativity. 
I think that it's been like it has a lot of things like God concept. Like to me, one thing that I've realized is every human being has a God concept or the concept of God, and everyone has a inter. We this is a whole other podcast by itself. Um, everybody's God concept and your relationship to that God concept, like it determines a lot about who you are. You know, whether you reject it, whether you accept it in this way, accept it in that way, no matter what, God is a part of your mind and and you're the one who's in relationship to it and defining it and figuring it out. So it's, I wouldn't even like this is I'm trying to make this as paddleable as possible for people for all religions and even anti-religions. You know what I'm saying? So like everybody has a God concept. And your relationship to it is yours and there's different ways to interact with it. So, and what was really, really, really brilliant was when I went to my Catholic church on Sunday. Um, I, I was able to understand a lot of the symbols now in my experience in life, you know. I went through yoga teacher training, as you guys know, who have been following the hashtag Exhale Yoga Life vlog. If you want to see... I vlogged every every week about it, every day of every week probably. Um, so I have a yoga vlog. You can check that out. Um, I learned about the five types of yoga. So we have Raja, Karma, Janaya, Jayana, Bhakti, and Hatha. So these five are diff five different ways that you can interact with the higher planes of of like enlightenment, you know, the source, coming home, God, whatever, you know. And what's really interesting is, is that you see this and they're not, this can be applied to almost any religion almost, or like it can be applied to many different ways. So Raja being the royal yoga is based more about rules and following certain principles. Um, karma is the yoga of of um, doing good deeds, service to others. Ja, I, it's hard for me to say it. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Janana <laughs> is true knowledge, is the, the search for truth. Um, bhakti is devotional yoga. Hatha is will yoga, which devotional yoga. So bhakti is devotional yoga, which is love, submission to like um, things out of your control. You know, and that's kind of like going to church. That one is going to church. You know, they have bhakti centers in yoga, which is you're doing essentially what the Christian people do. You you tap into to, to, to frequencies. You talk about the good word or good principles and stories. And then you commune with one another and you love and devote, you know, love and worship. Hatha is um the physical exercise through um, gaining mastery of your body, meditating and and you know doing the asana which are like yoga poses to purify your body and of yourself of a lot of um other things so that you can then tap into that state of mind better so you know there's different ways to it so like me going to my catholic church i realized yo these are just hubs to get into it you know and we apply like you have to understand that like a lot of us you know we apply and and add our things to our sauce when we communicate things to other people and 
you just have to be discerning. Everybody's on their own spiritual path and you've got to like figure out where you're getting this information because I think it's good information. But um, that's all the time I have. I would like to leave the end of this episode with a question. And I think I can do this more often, um, leave a question. But I would like to pose a question to the listeners. What does compassion look like in disagreement? When people disagree on like fundamental principles, how can we better go about um, describing the type of compassion that we're putting into it, even though if we disagree on things? It seems as if though like, you know, like people's compassions can show up and look different. You know, compassion the way that you present it does not look the same way the compassion looks that somebody else presents it. So kind of like understand, it's like the love languages, you know? So what does compassion look like in disagreement? When people disagree on fundamental premises or principles. So and that's something to maybe meditate on and I'll give that to y'all. This has been Strange Lunch. Kale Dad, father of the kale. Kale God. <laughs> Out. Peace to Bob Marley.